Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What programs landed the most impactful commitments and made the biggest moves in the rankings? Well, we got the winners and surprises with my next guest right here. It's time for the College Football Legends Podcast. The players. We're going to hit somebody and we're taking down the field for a touchdown. I guarantee you that. The coaches. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The plays. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. And so much more. College football legends. Heroes come and go, but legends live forever. Believe in college football legends on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Chris Smith. March Madness is here. And the upsets continue to pile up on the road to the national championship. So you need to head to Bet Online. Look, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. So it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Every year, players graduate or move on to the next level. So the schools try to out-jockey one another to land the best recruits. The reload can move a program from obscurity to national prominence and change the trajectory of the team for years to come. So we highlight the programs and signees with my special guest on the show, Eric Froton, college football analyst and podcaster for NBC Sports Edge and Fan Tracks. Give him a follow on Twitter at CF Froton, that's F-R-O-T-O-N. Thanks for joining me, Eric. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk about college football. All right, you have some great articles and podcasts on NBC Sports Edge, and I really like one in particular, Signing Day Fallout, and the most impactful commitments from the College Football National Signing Day. So let's dive into the signees and how they affect their school's overall recruiting hall first. The Texas A&M Aggies edged out the Longhorns to nab running back L.J. Johnson. What influenced the four-star back to go with Jimbo Fisher and running backs coach Tommy Robinson, and what does he bring to the table? Sure. Well, Josh, anytime you're you're recruiting in Texas, you got Texas A&M and you got Texas battling each other out for a star running back. You know, it's it's going to be hated. But uh, what what I really think did it for L.J. Johnson in, in terms of the system that Texas A&M is running, you see what they've done with Isaiah Spiller, you know, Devin A-Chain, who, uh, you know, just as a true freshman this year, my gosh, we saw how dynamic he is. Uh, even in a secondary role, spelling that pounder in, uh, in Isaiah Spiller, great tradition of running backs with Jimbo. He obviously wants to establish a run and really pounded. Elliot Johnson probably looked over at Texas a- Texas and said, all right, uh, B. John Johnson, B. John Robinson is there. <laughs> and that guy is a future first, second round NFL running back. And he is. So I wouldn't want to be, uh, you know, sitting behind Mr. Robinson for the next two years at the very least and, and buying my time. The good thing is you look at Texas A&M and uh, Spiller is there. This will probably be his last season. He gets a nice little year of apprenticeship. And you can see Johnson with his skill set, you know, 5'10", 204, a little bit bigger than A-Chain, uh, really being able to get a year to fill out a little more and then take over that Isaiah Spiller role. Um, you know, he mentions the system, what he's done over the past three years, his offense, his running backs, uh, and the progression they've made and, and how they project to the NFL level is something that, that LJ really pointed out was a, was a differentiating factor. And the fact that, you know, 
their offensive line is no joke either. I mean, let's let's remember Texas A&M is is recruiting at an absolute elite level, and you have to in the SEC West in order to be successful. You know, 2021 class, seventh overall nationally, fourth in the SEC. Uh, you know, brought in some road graders in on the offensive line: Bryce Foster, Marcus Burris, Ruben Fathery. Uh, you know, it's really easy to see from you know LJ's perspective to look at those guys and say, "All right, well, I know I'd that like I've be got them. <laughs> some horses. Yeah, we got some big old Texas farm boys. You know, they're coming down and they're ready to clear a path. So when you know that you have an organizational philosophy from the top down from the program, you know, it starts with Jimbo. You see his commitment to recruiting and, and just crushing those offensive line prospects. You know, that's uh, that's something that's tough to pass up. So you're going to see a lot from Mr. Johnson. Over the next couple of years. Yeah, do you think the Aggies are the division's best hope to dethrone Alabama? I think in the SEC West they are. I think they are the, the best uh, that you're going to have for the time being. Gosh, you know, LSU is still recruiting at a high level. They were they were number four in the country last year. And even with all the heat that they're taking, the Les Miles era, obviously. I mean, yeah. some of those wins, they have their, their prices. You hear some the stories coming out about the program where they're, they're taking a beating. Ed Orgeron taking a beating. Didn't, didn't dissuade any of these big recruits. You know, that 2019 was so magical. You know, that they're still recruiting off it. They're still doing it, despite the fact they had, a you know, a down 2020. Yeah, very subpar. Placing, essentially. Oh, God, their defense was brutal. Oh, <laughs> Stingley went down and got hurt in that first game, and then they had nobody in that secondary, and they just got lit on fire on a seemingly <laughs> weekly basis. <laughs> Even though, they, you know, they, they, they straightened it out a little bit towards the end of the season, but you know, the damage was done at that point. Yeah. So uh, even in a retooling effort, LSU's still recruiting strong. They're, even, they're still up there in the top five for 2022. I think they already have 11 recruits signed. And it's still early for this, you know, cycle. I think Alabama's only got two. So um, LSU's still doing it on that level. It's going to be A&M or LSU, in my opinion. Yeah, still using that 2019 cachet of the national championship for LSU, definitely. And we're speaking with Eric Froton, college football analyst and podcaster for NBC Sports. And the Michigan Wolverines flipped defensive tackle Rayshon Berry from their in-state rival, Michigan State. How did it affect their move into the top 10 spot in the recruiting rankings? I mean, it's, it's really tough to downplay the importance of what Michigan did this year in recruiting. You know, a lot of, lot of speculation. Harbaugh was taking a lot of heat, taking a lot of heat. I, obviously, I'm sure anybody Two, who's, two who and four season, uh, you're probably going to get some oh, heat. Not, not beating Ohio State, going to get some heat. Yeah, the khaki's getting hanged up. Are we hanging them up? We'll see about that. You know, obviously, anybody who uh, follows college football, you have friends in your sphere that are Michigan fans. It just simply comes with the territory. Sure. And I know that my Michigan, uh, my Michigan alum uh, network was really upset with Mr. Harbaugh. That being said, you know, you look at what he did on the recruiting trail. Number 10 overall in the nation. They got in the, the top 10. Unreal. Michigan hasn't been doing. They're, they're at that level. You know, but gosh, you go out. You get J.J. McCarthy. You get a five-star quarterback. And we've seen what happens to five-star and four-star quarterbacks in Michigan during the Harbaugh area. It hasn't mm. been an illustrious mm. list. You know, we heard all about Joe Milton last year. My gosh, did we hear about Joe Milton in the summertime. And they also signed fellow four-star defensive lineman George Rooks. So they're not doing too bad after going two and four. Not doing too bad at all. Absolutely. And, I mean, they needed to revamp their offense, too. It's it's a different world we're living in here. You know, the three yards in the cloud of dust, that's not happening anymore. Brought in a, another highly, highly touted, borderline five-star recruit uh, in Donovan Edwards at the running back position, which 
it's been just kind of a rotation under the hardwire. You saw Zach Charbonnet. Everybody had big high hopes for Zach Charbonnet. He hit the road, and he's over uh, in the West Coast now. You know, yeah. he, he hit the road. Blake Corum was a, a top 25 running back in last year's class. He kind of gets filed in. You know, it's Chris Evans, the, the dependable senior, got a ton of work last season. So they're kind of clearing the deck. There's more opportunity, and I would like to see, you know, Harbaugh really get behind because you watch the film on Donovan Edwards. The kid's real. The kid can play. Ranks 41st in the entire country in terms of, uh, you know, overall recruit. Third best running back. He's a huge, huge land. And even more importantly, and it gets to, you know, when we talked about Rashad Benny, who is a late flip, who really was a, a big flip from Michigan State to Michigan, four-star, you know, D-tackle. They're both Michigan guys. And they've been losing the, the in-state Michigan recruits to Ohio State. And you got, you know, Donovan Edwards coming in from West Bloomfield. you got to be able to recruit those big recruits in your backyard. You can't have them getting poached. And by him get you know, Edward signing, another one, Raheem Anderson, uh, center from Detroit. You have to keep those guys in in uh, Giovanni El Hadi. I'm sorry, another offensive tackle. They've done a lot of work on their offense in this class. And you're gonna see that reverberate for the next few years because they need a QB, they obviously need JD McCarthy. And uh, you know, when it comes to building a program from the ground up. I mean, I think they took the right approach here where they realized they, they have to be attacking, you know, and they can't just sit there and wait for the transfer of Shea Patterson's to come in. So uh, I'm really excited to see what J.J. has to offer here, Donovan Edwards. And, and their whole, you know, really a blue-chip recruiting class. Christian Dixon, another four-star wide receiver since Nico Collins is gone. Uh, I'm excited to see what Michigan can do. And this is a step in the right direction to be able to compete with Ohio State. This is yeah. what you got to do. you got to win on the recruiting trail. If you're going to win on Saturday. Yep. They'll be recruited at an elite level despite their disappointing 2020 showing. And we're speaking with Eric Froton, college football analyst and podcaster for NBC Sports. And Florida State entered the signing day ranked 30th. How did the signing of wide receiver Destin Hill change all of that? Absolutely. God, you, perhaps nobody on signing day in terms of a, a program got a bigger bump than Florida State. And, you know, this is a, a program, obviously, Joe Norville comes into town. Uh, he's taken some heat, you know, before the season even started. Marvin Wilson called a, a players-only meeting where he refuted some of the things that Norville had told the team, that he, he told the press that he said to the team about some of the, you know, the, the strife and the BLF movement, things of that nature, where he said he was a little more supportive than he really was. And that caused a lot of heat. He took some, you know, he took a beating early on. Um, yeah, and they, they expect a lot in Tallahassee. They do, and as they should, you know. What's proud, proud program brought low in recent years, and uh, they're looking to come back. So they, you know, a, 20, a 30th ranked recruiting class, you know, okay. But gosh, you bring in Destin Hill, four-star wideout. All of a sudden, uh, they jump up to number 22 in the country. And Destin Hill, you know, this isn't a this is a kid who was highly sought after, six foot, hundred pounds. He was getting hounded. Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Oklahoma, LSU. Yeah, all, all the blue bloods yeah. came for him. You know, big deal. In fact, you got a, you got a quote here from Norvell um, when he talks about his incoming wide receivers. And he says, Dad Hill, coupled with another star in Malik McLean, who was the 42nd ranked wide receiver uh, in the country, 270th overall recruit. Uh, Josh Burrell, another star, uh, four star receiver. They're already here on campus right now. It's a great trio of young freshman wide receivers. I think have an unbelievable ceiling. 
That's the truth because you look at Florida State, what you have to remember about the Knowles, they were the youngest team, not just in the Power Five last year, in the entire FBS. Wow, that's amazing. Florida State. So you're talking about a ground up. Nova's trying to re, you know, remold this program in his image. They had severe offensive line problems. Remember a couple of years ago, it was like, I mean, it was a running joke amongst society. You know, like, <laughs> anybody, I was getting asked by people who don't even know anything about college football. They're like, man, Florida State's line's bad this year. And I was like, yeah, I mean, you look at Cam Akers, what he did behind you know, the Rams uh, offensive line this year. Sure, Cam, Cam Akers. I always felt bad for him. Oh, the mileage he put on it probably cut a couple years of his career off just because of that. You know, they dealt with uh, you know a lot of issues. So the fact that he's coming out here and Norvell is is doing a pretty nice job on the recruiting trail, also bringing in you know uh, some experience because they need it because they're young. Yeah, a lot of transfers. Two and, two and six. You got uh, you know Auburn starting running back heading in the season DJ Williams before he got taken over by Tank Bigsby, which is you know, somewhat inevitable. But a four and four star. Here comes DJ Williams. Georgia four-star defensive end, Jermaine Johnson hits the road. South Carolina, everybody's transferring out of South Carolina. <laughs> They're running for the hills after much champ. <laughs> yeah, it turns out if you're in the SEC and you're looking for a talent infusion, you go, okay, who does Tennessee have on the transfer portal? Who does South Carolina have? Yeah. Let's go get some talent. So they went and grabbed two of them, Jamie Robinson and Keir Thomas, uh, in, in the wake of Will Muschamp hitting the road. So um, all told, they brought in eight transfers in addition to 17 true freshmen uh, and really, you know, planted a flag in order to say, look, we're, we're back. We have a seat at the table. We're back. You know, we're quitting at a top 25 level. That's where we want to be. And uh, that's, that's a really positive step in the, in the right direction for Jane Norville, who, like I said, had a tumultuous first year. Yeah. When you were talking about how young they were, they did bring in some experience. UCF transfer QB Mackenzie Milton. How do you think he's going to fare? You know, Gosh, what a great story. It's, it's like the Alex Smith of the, yes, uh, of the, of the college level. football world. Yeah, it just it, everybody, you hear across the board, everybody speaks in, associated with UCF, loved Mackenzie Milton. You know, everybody gave him his blessing when they transferred to Florida State. It's just he's unfortunately behind Dylan Gabriel, you know, who yeah. was simply spectacular last season. And it's nothing against Mackenzie Milton. He didn't do anything wrong. It's just that's you got Wally Pitts. That's just life. Yes. Um, but in terms of what you're looking at in that QB room, uh, Chubba Purdy, who came in as a top 20 QB recruit last year, hurt his shoulder. Um, you know, displayed some questionable accuracy. So we don't know what he's even going to look like, you know, how if he's going to come back. Jordan Travis is strictly a dual threat with not really a lot of passing acumen. Uh, you're not going to stretch the field with Jordan Travis, just simply put. Every time you see him get get pressured, he's pulling that ball down and he's running, and you know it'll work to some extent. But as you saw with Miami, you know, two years ago, where they had Nikosi Perry and Jaron Williams, and you know, if you don't have a quarterback that you know you can depend on to stick in the pocket, feel the pressure, and be able to deliver a strike downfield, then you're not going to win at the kind of level you need to win. Sure, when no matter who you State. recruit. You just can't do it, you know? So um, I, I think M Mackenzie Milton can certainly, I mean, we've seen he is an accurate, competent, uh, you know, measured passer who just did it. He was so amazing, you know, a couple of years ago at UCF. I'm really excited to see what he can do. Hopefully the leg has come back to the point where he's comfortable off of it, you know, it's plant foot. 
So, you know, he's leaning on that. You want to make sure that he's okay. But uh, he's a drastic upgrade over they have right now and gives him a little bit of time, you know, one more season to kind of figure out what it's going to look going forward in that quarterback room and really be able to develop the future of Florida State. So I think it's a, it's a pivotal transfer acquisition uh, just to be able to buy them time and be able to, you know, have somebody who you know you can depend on delivering that third down and eighth strike when yeah. you need it. Yeah, and it's definitely going to be an interesting story to follow. And we have on the show Eric Froton, a college football analyst and podcaster for NBC Sports Edge and Fantrax. And let's head to the West Coast. How big of a win for the USC Trojans was landing linebacker Rayshon Davis? It's, it's really, my gosh, what, what a difference a year makes. You cannot get any polar opposites in terms of the performance of USC from 2019 on the recruiting trail. 2020 on the recruiting field. Big leap. Oh, my gosh. It, their, their 2019 class was, it was their worst class of all time. They were ranked. This is USC. This is L.A. You're in the, the stardom, the beautiful weather, you know, the, all the perks, the, the network you are when you, you are a part of when you go to USC. All the Heisman. All that. All the, I mean, the movie star, everything you want. My God, the legacy of USC. And they had the 64th ranked overall. This Ouch. is in the entire country in 64th ranked class in 2019. A host of G5 teams are recruited the University of Southern California Trojans. It, it, it's, it boggles the mind. But, you know, to the credit, and it almost possibly held in his job. My gosh, I know being a, a Southern California guy living there for 15 years, I know recruitment. <laughs> They're trusting they were pounding the drum for Clay to go after that recruiting oh. hall. But that being said, they made, you know, credit where credit's due. They made the adjustments. Where they were really getting killed is uh, Oregon was coming into California yeah. and just pillaging all the top-end talent. And a big part of that was their cornerbacks coach and one of the tippity-tippity-top best recruiters in the entire country, Dante Williams was at Oregon, and he is a entrenched guy in Southern California. He's been a coach all around the Southern California area for a couple of decades. He's very, very well-renowned. So when he went to Oregon, he had those ties and those connections, all those coaches, all those kids, and he used them to bring them to Oregon. Well, USC, you know, in, in traditional dramatic fashion, you know, right on the Godfather, I don't know, what they do that, you know, <laughs> brought a stallion head on. What would it say? Uh-oh. Here comes the, the Brinks back. truck. Yeah, right. Put it on the sheets. Here it comes. Oh, instead of the Oh, wait, hold on. It's just a gigantic pile of cat. So, yeah, they, they backed up the Brinks truck. So we need to get Dante in the fold here. And what a different, you know, small changes. You do, you know, you don't see these things on the field. But the things that happen behind the scenes are just as important. He's winning on Saturdays, and Dante Williams, what an absolute star he ended up being. Helped him get, as mentioned, Rajon Davis. Huge, huge part of getting Rajon Davis. Even more so, Corey Foreman, the number one recruit, according to 247 Sports, in the entire country, an absolutely ferocious defensive end. You know, in 22, Unreal. they helped him get him. And that's, you know, that's this year, you know, kind of coming in. Just, just a huge, I mean, 21, obviously, he's coming in. Sorry, Corey Foreman. Just a huge, huge get for him. 6'4", 265, and he's he's ready-made for the edge. Just an amazing guy. Rajon Davis, 
and Corey Foreman getting both of those guys, you, you simply can't overstate it. Their entire class was, was rock solid. I mean, Jackson Dart, four-star quarterback. They even had, they had two. Or they had Jake Garcia, too, who was in. And then Jackson Dart came in and said, all right, well, I'm going to Miami. What's the point of me continuing <laughs> to be here? You know, they're riding Dart, and they got Miller Moss, two high, high four-stars. Like, what's the point of being number three? Exactly. Uh, Brandon Campbell, a four-star running back. Another star out of Katie, Texas. Going into Texas and grabbing him. Not bad, you know. You, yeah. You're starting. You're starting to do some damage when you're, re- you're rooting in a, you know, reaching into Texas as opposed to you know the obviously fertile hunting ground of, of California. So, um, the eighth ranked class uh, in the country, only two spots behind Oregon this year for this class, which I mean, going from where they were 64th all the way up to eighth, right there with Oregon. This was you cannot possibly overstate the importance of picking up those blue chip recruits and especially, you know, Foreman, Rajon Davis, Julian Simon as well, another outside linebacker. They're going to be terrorizing passers in uh, in a pass-happy conference over the course of the next few years. Oh, something to be happy about there at USC for sure. And we have on the show Eric Froton, a college football analyst and podcaster for NBC Sports Edge and Fantrax. The rich get richer as the national champs grab safety. Terion Arnold, have you ever seen anyone reload like Alabama? Oh, my gosh. You know, Alabama, there was a lot of talk in recruiting circles. It has Kirby Smart finally finally eclipsed Nick Saban? Has he done it? Because you'll remember in 19, excuse me, 19, in 2019 and in 2020, Georgia landed the two top classes in the country. Number one, each oh, yeah. of those two times. I mean, don't get me wrong, Alabama wasn't far behind, but hey, that's Georgia getting number one. That's news. It's news everywhere. What does Nick Saban do? Oh, no big deal. No big deal. <laughs> he follows it up in 2021 and puts forth the highest graded recruiting class in the history of recruiting. You know, since since the you know the, the recruiting uh, era ever. <laughs> ever. The entire history of you know, 247, Rivals, ESPN, since they started grading these recruits, you know, 20 years ago, whatever it was, and actually being having a system for them, numero uno. An absolute murderer's row of talents. You can't say that. Especially, I mean, the big flip that they got at the end, too, was Oklahoma was, was said to be in the lead for, you know, RB2 of the 21 class, Kamar Wheaton. All mm. the whole way through, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. He was, he was like, I believe 247 had him almost 100% going to Oklahoma. Well, that turned on a dime, and Kamar Wheaton uh, at the last minute goes, and he signs with Alabama. As mentioned, the top safety in the class, Darian Arnold, five-star safety. Last minute, signing day, he signs with Alabama. You're bringing in two five-star recruits to the top guys, either one or two at their positions, after already bringing in a mer- just an entire offensive line of yeah. stars. Five-star booking tackles. J.C. Latham, number two prospect in the entire class. Number one tackle, J.C. Latham. Oh, yeah, that's enough tackle. We're going to bring in five-star Tommy <laughs> Brockemeyer. No big deal. We're just going to go into Fort Worth, Texas, bring him in. And we're going to bring in his his little his quote little brother, who's just a four star center. 
James Rockemeyer. Bringing him in too. You know, so they just they went and you know they had to go and replace Landon Dickerson. Yeah, uh, you know they had they had to replace Alex Leatherwood, left tackle. Their offensive line won the Moore Award for the best offensive line in the country oh this season. And they go out and they just get an abs. Yeah. I mean, just they got a line. It's the whole line. They yeah. have the whole line they brought in. And not to be outdone, okay, we mentioned the, the iconic 2017 wide receiver class that, that Alabama put forth. Yes. Okay, yeah. so, geez, Devontae's out now. There goes Waddle. He's hitting the road as well. You know, we got Mechie there. He actually isn't even doing much in spring now because he's he had surgery for undisclosed ailment. Mechie's good, but the guy had five, six drops last year. He had some concentration issues. He, he's good, but hey, we got to restock the, the cupboard. We need some more wide receivers. No problem. We're going to go get five-star Ja'Cory Brooks, 6'3", 185. That's, what, that's fine. I mean, the kid is amazing to watch. It, it, Emmanuel Egbuka was an uh, Ohio State recruit who got the number one uh, designation. But, man, Ja'Cory Brooks is number two, and he ain't far behind. What a receiving talent you're looking at here. You know, the whispers of Julio Jones coming uh, about him being that. And then, I mean, a G.A. Hall. No big deal. He's another he's wide receiver five, according to 247 Sports, 6'3", 290. So he did it to outside guys and said, all right, well, you know, we need somebody kind of like Waddle. We can move all over the place. Let's go pick up number, wide receiver 10, Jojo Earl, another four-star wide receiver. While we're uh, here. Slot, <laughs> slot machine. Yeah, no big deal. Three top 10 overall wide receivers from the 2021 class. Mm. They sign all of them up. So nobody reloads like Alabama. Nobody does it. They're, they're running back room. Oh, you know, again, they signed Kamara Wheaton, but they already have former number one, um, you know, <laughs> they're, oh, they're uh, former number one. They're uh, backing, it's five stars backing up five stars. Yeah. Roy Dell Williams and Jason McClellan from last year's class. Uh, you know, both of them top 10 recruits. Jason McClellan is, is a revelation. Uh, he's supposedly in the mix. I don't even know who's going to start for them this year. We, who knows? Any of these four star superstar running backs could, could end up getting the starts. It, it was just an embarrassment of riches and, you know, more reason why Alabama is the class of college football, whether we like it or not. And it's just how it is. And this recruiting class is more evidence of when you're a blue blood and when you're, when you're Nick Saban, you get what you want. And Take it's good litter. to be Nick Saban. Exactly. Yeah, the Boy, Alabama recruiting dynasty continues. And we're speaking with Eric Froton, college football analyst and podcaster for NBC Sports. And what programs were winners or that really surprised you? Uh, that surprised me. I'll tell you what. I, I definitely want to say in terms of winners, you know, it needs to be mentioned. And it should be, you know, this is in terms of the top 25, the most impressive recruiting performance of the entire top 25. You can even date it back to last season too, Maryland. Oh yeah, the Terps. Head coach Mike Loxley, former former lead recruiter for Alabama. Right? He's <laughs> go, a go recruiting figure. machine for Alabama. Yeah, there goes the tree, the coaching and recruiting tree. You know, it's those those tributaries, those branches, man. They, those guys go out and they do well. Um, it, just an incredible job done by Mike Loxley. Brought in an absolute superstar in five star wide receiver Raheem Jarrett last year. Who he's gonna. It's his time. Get ready for him this season. Baby Tua is going to be out there slinging the ball, and he's mm-hmm. going, to, it's going to be the Raheem Jarrett show. I'm very excited about watching them this year. But, um, you know, 
he followed up getting the superstar or five star last year and bringing in baby Tua, you know, via transfer, exactly. moving in, boom, right in, goes up, Britain, and remolding the program and his image, and that's what we like to see. 18th in the country, Maryland. This is Maryland, the Terrapins, mind you. This is football, not basketball. Yeah, exactly. 18th in the country, fourth in the Big Ten. I mean, it's amazing. They pulled a kid out of Miami, Terrence Lewis, who is a five-star inside linebacker out of Miami. When you're in Maryland, you're pulling get kids from Miami out. Man, you're, you're on the doing board, well. recruiting. You're doing it right. You know that's an inside linebacker. So you got Brandon Jennings, outside linebacker from Jacksonville. Again, going into Florida. Their third best. Corey Coley, a safety, Jacksonville. Again, you know, and it's just an absolute murder row. Damian Robinson, uh, keeping it in house, the best recruit in all of Maryland for my money. West Weekside defensive end. Four-star, got him. Kid out of D.C., Taze Johnson, another defensive tackle, four-star recruit. Again, another Maryland kid, Tommy Akinbesote, four-star from Marlboro, Maryland. He's, you know, so you look at what he's doing. Everybody, the top guys in his state, he's locking them down. And it's a good place to be, you know, recruiting out of Maryland and D.C. You know, that's that D.C., Baltimore, good places to be recruiting talent. Keeping them in-house but also going into the South, also going into Florida, which is a hotbed, and getting some big-time talents out of there. Cannot say enough about Mike Loxley. He's an innovative offensive mind you. I'm excited to see what that offense has in store. I think they'd be extremely outstanding. Wow, recruiting like the traditional blue buds, that's for sure. It'll be fun to check out Maryland this year. And you have to check out Eric's articles and podcasts on NBC Sports Edge. They are chock full of great talent. All right, it's time to go three and out. It's time to go three and out with Eric Froton. It's three-letter questions to close out the interview. Okay, first off, you were the 2020 College Sports Writer of the Year by the Fantasy Sports Writers Association. What is the hardest position to forecast? I think line play is the toughest for me. um, Coming from kind of a fancy background, I guess, I, I, I... I'm pretty well honed when it comes to quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight end. I, I feel real comfortable with it, and even even more so in the defensive backfield. Um, but gosh, it's hard to see the line play at times because it's hard to find the film. You know, everything's so jumbled in there. You know, you have to you have to kind of peel back. Okay, was that a combo? Like, what happened there? And that's what what's kind of tough for me. I would say uh, from a recruiting perspective, just trying to sift through the traps that happens. Gotcha. And number two. Within your duties at NBC Sports Edge, you watch a lot of sub-Power 5 teams. Who's your favorite team to watch, and will a G5 team ever make the college football playoff? My favorite G5 team to watch? I would say I'll go AAC here because I love the AAC. I love the American Athletic Conference. I feel like you know they make a lot of noise about wanting to be the sixth major. And you look at the success of Cincinnati in particular. Yeah. Ritter coming and back. And what that team has done. Oh, my God. Another great job by Luke Fickle recruiting. Guy is a man's man. I mean, you see Luke Fickle out there sitting in your, uh, you know, defensive guy. Huge. All business. You know, sitting down there in that living room. Oh, boy. Watch out. He's coming home. So, uh, I love Fickle. I love what they're doing there. Uh, I love watching it, watching Cincinnati because their defense is smothering, mm. while also having like a pretty pretty exciting offense. Find Desmond Ritter, 
Uh, and you know, I just moved to Cincinnati, so I do want to ingratiate myself with the local culture. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And finally, I'm a foodie. So what would be one legendary place to grab a meal around your alma mater, the University of Massachusetts, Boston? Oh, uh, yeah. You want to go down to South End. You know, give me the oh. North End. When it's the South End. You want to go to the North End, right? Near, near UMass Boston. You okay. want to be in North End, and you can pretty much pick any Italian restaurant in the North End, and it's going to be superb. Really? Excellent. Oh, God, it's famous. The North End's pizzerias, um, you know, the Italian cuisine is just, that's where you go if you want to have just a, a top-notch uh, meal. So I would say, you know, I, it's been a while since I've been there. I want to name a place. <laughs> it's been not either, you know, it could be close. <laughs> you can't go wrong anywhere in the North End. It's a wonderful setting. You know, it's got the, the old cobblestone streets. It's just a uh, that's what I it feels authentic feels uh you know feels the real deal I, I would advise anybody just to get off North End for a dinner all right North End is a place to go in Beantown and we've been speaking with Eric Froton uh, college football analyst and podcaster for NBC Sports Edge and Fan Tracks pumping out the knowledge for college fantasy football so you give him a follow on Twitter at CF Froton that's F-R-O-T-O-N thanks for joining me Eric appreciate it thank you Thanks for listening to the Believe in College Football Legends podcast. Make sure to check out all the prior episodes with Heisman winners, legendary coaches, and sports personalities reliving the greatest plays. You can tweet your questions at the Sports Jesus and join us next week because it will be legendary. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.